0: And welcome to Book Hounds, the Rundown podcast. You're here with me, Sharp your co-host and Bookhounds Top Dog, together with Soundhound Jack Smithson. Good evening, Jack. Hello. In these podcasts, we review a running book, uh, specifically the book of the month for Book Hounds. And our book of the month for March is Running in the Mid-Pack by Angie Andrews and Martin Yellen. So just a word about Bookhounds before we get started. Bookhounds is a running club and a book group. We offer a monthly book box subscription delivering running inspiration to your door. You don't have to be a member to listen to the podcast, but we think you'd fit in really well. So head on over to bookhounds.club to find out more and to join us. Um, so Jack, how have you been this week? Any interesting runs? Not particularly
1: interesting. Um, I've been trying to tone down down my pace a little bit because i've been getting uh, a stiff knee of night because i'm in my 30s now <laughs> um so, <laughs> so so yeah I, I went for a longish run yesterday um and it was a, a, st- a steadier one than than usual and i enjoyed it it was nice
0: there you yeah. go it's not a such rainy. a bad thing steady away Um, Okay, also with us tonight, we are joined by a very special guest, Imi Kaur. Hello, Imi. How are you doing today?
2: Hi, guys. Uh, I'm doing really well. Um, So delighted to be here. and really excited about um, recording this podcast tonight. And, um, yeah, just excited to be talking about running for the evening. Awesome.
0: Um, Just for a quick intro, uh, Imi's an old friend of mine,
2: although we've probably
0: not been connected for maybe eight years now. And I think we've probably both really got into running, and for Imi also cycling, um, since we were hanging out regularly. Um, But we've sort of followed each other's stories on social media, I guess. Um, So Imi is a a community organizer. She's co-founder and director of Civic Square in Birmingham, uh, which describes itself as a neighborhood economics lab and creative and participatory ecosystem. Um, and uh, I thought Imi would make a fantastic guest for reviewing this book because she really does embody both a love of running and a love of community. Um, so, Imi, welcome to the podcast. We're really glad to have you here. Can you tell us a bit more about Civic Square?
2: Yeah, um, no, it's a delight to be here. Thank you for inviting me, and it's really lovely to be um, reconnected as well after um, so many years, even though we followed each other on socials. Um, so, yes, yeah, Civic Square is... Um, A sort of continuation of of, uh, a community hub that we built called Impact Hub Birmingham um, that was straight after the time that I I knew you, Shah, when we were working together. And Civic Square is really interested in what is the 21st century neighbourhood civic social infrastructure we need um, as we transition through um, the big social challenges we're facing from Um, climate breakdown to isolation and inequality and really looking at the core role of of um, what neighborhood infrastructure is required and I think um, we've been working on that for a number of years now but COVID has has really brought that into sharp focus about you know what do we need in the places we live in order to thrive in order to um, be able to tackle some of the big challenges such as uh, climate change and and many of the other things that we already know so yeah that's what I'm spending my life doing I'm based in a a neighborhood called Ladywood in Birmingham and um, yeah looks like we've got quite a a few years of quite ambitious plans ahead of us.
0: That sounds absolutely awesome to me and uh, I'd love to chat to you some more about that at some point Um, but for now because we are on the, the running podcast do you want to tell us a little bit about your running journey?
2: Yeah so So my running journey has been one that's been quite up and down. When I was young, I was like a teenager, early 20s. I was playing hockey at a high level, so I was pretty fit, um, but never really thought I was a good runner. Um, You know, fancied myself a bit in the school athletics, 100 and 200 meters. But, you know, if they made you put on the shorts and run around around the field, um, I just It just wasn't for me. I don't think I had the strength of mind. Um, And then I dabbled with it, you know, every now and then. Um, I'm now 35. So through most of my 20s, you know, when your friend signed up for a half marathon or something, I'd go and do one of those ridiculous kind of sign up, train a little bit and uh, try and go and make it happen. And then it was actually it was actually my mum who got back into Parkrun at like 55. And she just dragged us all along, um, and we started to go. Um, and ever, and the rest is history, as they say, it's still been tumultuous between you know, in the last five years, but I can talk more about that tonight. But yeah, it was definitely Park Run that reignited our collective love and actually brought away that our family, now that we were older and not all living together, came back together, so it became like our week. Re- weekly way to see our parents and to do things together as well so yeah parkrun's been pretty transformative to be honest
0: I love that and a a family who parkruns together stays together right
2: yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) how
0: excited are you for the return of parkrun hopefully in early June
2: oh my god I can't even like (laughs) I I don't even know how to like put the words together of course I'm you know really hope that even if it's later than june that it comes back safely and that we you know it comes back at the right time um and and not just because we all can't can't wait for it and i'm sure the parkrun organizers are doing everything they can to to make that happen i guess um even more excited than adult parkrun i'm really excited for my nieces and nephews um and junior parkrun hopefully coming back in in april again fingers crossed uh safely for everyone involved um because. I guess parkrun has not just become a part of my life, but it's become a part of my life with um, the sort of minis in my family and just watching their love for running um, is probably even more exciting than my own.
0: So, Imi, you've got three generations
2: of parkrunners in your family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've I've got, um, you know, I, I think it, we can sa- sound almost quite evangelical, really, when we talk about parkrun, but, yeah, my 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 mum first got into it, having never run in her life, and dragged us all along. Uh, my dad's a park runner who's currently stuck on Park Run 99, which was his oh last Lord. his last one his last oh. one before lockdown. Yeah, I know, I know. And he's he's ridiculous because he was like, you know, if anything happens to me, I'll just the thing I'll be most gutted about was that I was stuck on Park Run 99, and I'm just like, that is brilliant, Daddy. That's <laughs> really really not what we should be focused on. But, um, but actually, for my dad, you know, um, he had a heart attack a couple of years ago, and he was park running a lot before, and again, park run was the thing that helped him um, with his cardiac rehabilitation and was his focus of how to come back safely. And then I've got, you know, all my generation, and I literally drag every friend into it, as I'm sure you you well know. once you've got a friend who starts catch to 5k, there's no there's no turning back. Um, and then, yeah, my nieces and nephews are all regular parkrun junior parkrun goers and and i guess yeah with some of the work that i do that is quite busy and ambitious and i spend a lot of time working running and and parkrun is definitely a, just an important part of the week where i connect with my my elders and with the kids and just have a way for us to put all that collective energy into something that's um hopefully good for us too that's
0: fantastic i love that um and one of our members uh, egg she sent me a challenge about park run this week and I'm gonna ask you two if you wanna go for this challenge too. So uh, what she's doing is she wants her first park run back to be as fast, if not faster than her last park run
1: before whoa.
2: lockdown. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so this, this is a little point of contention for me because I, my last park run before lockdown was my all time PB. Okay. <laughs> Big challenge then. <laughs> And then I don't know whether I got COVID and long COVID, but I was not well for a good unexplained six to eight months last year. And Mm. Strava conveniently let me know as well that my fitness had plummeted. But for the last six months, since I've been feeling a lot better, thankfully, I've been like um, working my way back up. um, And I can see that fitness percentage going back up. So so you never know, but it's going to involve me running a lifetime PB at the first (laughs) park run
0: back. I feel like you're just going to be so excited in me that you'll probably just do it on pure adrenaline.
2: Yeah, maybe. I've recently got these energy strips that my coach um, is is a kind of sponsor or brand ambassador for called Revies. um, And they like, you put them on your tongue and it instantly releases an energy hit. So maybe if I take a whole packet of those (laughs) (laughs) and try and go for it with all my life, I might have a chance. But yeah, definitely definitely willing to give it a try and uh, report back to you how it went
0: I believe in you
2: <laughs> thanks what,
0: Char. what about you Jack well
1: I used to, I used to work on Saturday mornings so um I think I've only done I think the last part when I did actually w- was also a PB um and it's still my PB well obviously because it's a PB um, <laughs> um yeah I'd, I'd give it a go yeah yeah three months yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd definitely be up for that. I mean, it's a different park to my PB park part run, and I do think our our part run park um, is it's like it's it's just all a hill, isn't it? It's like this kind of weird. It's like, like not a hill. You're from Yorkshire. But, yeah, all right. I've I've become Liverpooled. Um, yeah, yeah, it's more of a challenge. But then I've been running around that part more often, so
0: yeah, yeah, why not? Why? All right, let's do it. Okay, quick fire round, and then we'll move on to the book. So, um, tea or coffee? Immy? Coffee. coffee, coffee. Coffee. I think Jack said coffee last time. Did you change your mind?
1: Maybe um, decaf
0: coffee.
1: Decaf coffee. Oh, yeah, uh, that's not really lame.
0: No, that's all right. I'm probably on the red bush at this time of night. Uh, cats
2: or dogs? Oh, uh, neither. <laughs> <gasps> controversial. Sorry. Get up. <laughs> if I had to choose then dogs obviously um, run long or run fast
0: fast Ooh. so I was thinking about this on my run yesterday and I decided that my answer was run long and not because it's necessarily easier than running fast but because I enjoy it more so run long.
2: Mm. Is this on the same run where you smashed both your 5k and 10k PB in one go? <laughs> that was
1: yesterday. I'll no, be yeah, glad that I mentioned that. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, that. I was running fast,
2: yeah. I managed to make sure I've successfully stalked you on Strava all these years. I'm very <laughs> surprised at such a pace you still went for long.
0: Yeah, I mean, yesterday was a bit of an anomaly, if I'm honest. I, I have dreams of being an ultra runner uh but yesterday it did give me a bit of a surprise i realized that if i actually worked harder i might be able to run faster <laughs> 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 who knew um road running or trail running
2: oh road running for the for the like for my mind because i love to go fast trail running for my heart
0: like wow. oh. So we are talking this week about Running in the Mid-Pack by Martin Yellen and Angie Andrews. Um, Running in the Mid-Pack, how to be a strong, successful and happy runner. And I'm just going to really quickly read some of the dust jacket for anybody who hasn't got this book yet or doesn't know what this book is about. So welcome to the Mid-Pack. Running pushes us, stretches us, asks us difficult questions, challenges us. It gives us space, calms us down, picks us up, boosts our energy, rewards, inspires and fulfills us. Mid-pack runners, those who fall between the beginners and the elite are the heartbeat and footsteps of the running community. In this long overdue book, Martin Yellen and Angie Andrews share their expert knowledge, first person stories and coaching ideas to nourish the mid-pack's running experience. All right, so kicking us off. Um, what were your first impressions, Jack and I And is this the kind of book that you'd normally read?
2: So, you know, I actually really reflected on you sending me this because I have realised I don't read as many things like this as I really would like to. Um, but then when I got into it, absolutely loved it. It didn't take me very long to to finish it. And yeah, I think it would actually be something that I normally read. Um, it the way it was written and the way it was set out was just perfect for what I what I needed right now, and I guess I'll expand a bit more on that later. But um, yeah, really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. And Jack, what about you? Um, it's not something that I'd read typically nowadays, um, but I I was thinking about it. Um, certain points in the book I realised that it was something that I wish I'd read when I when I first started running like it was the sort of book that I feel like I really needed um, something a bit sort of gentler than a kind of elite mar- marathoners like biography or you know the kind of strict instructions on how you should be running it was just a lot more of a sort of a welcome into running um, and I feel like you know now to me it's kind of preaching to the very much converted um but back in the day when I when I was more of a um sort of lonely <laughs> beginner um it would have you know really helped me feel like I was part of something bigger
0: yeah definitely um I, you know I think it, it, it is a great book for someone who's new to running but for me I feel like it is the kind of book that I'm just going to dip in and out of um and occasionally I'm just be like, oh, I really need a refresher on that. Um, so I am I think it, it sort of works for people from um all different um stages in their in their running journeys. Um, yeah,
2: I'd I'd agree with that. I absolutely am not a I'm not a consistent runner. No. Um, and so like um what I loved it what I loved about it is one, like the the everydayness with which it makes you feel like uh, okay, you're not going to be on top of your game all the time. But also, like, it's, like, in my head, I think I'm not a, I'm not a mid-pack runner. In my head, I think I'm, like, Mo Farah. Um, <laughs> and so, like, you know, I, I literally – but I'm literally not, like, even – I think I'm just a fairly average runner. And so it kind of gives you – it allows you to read all the training tips and feel like you're really training for something mega um, without – without uh, whilst giving it a name to be like yeah you know what it still matters even though you're not going to be uh, you know breaking any world records you can you can really get yourself into a into a good place so I quite liked it and I quite like that space of not quite a beginner not quite an elite uh, but here's a whole bunch of stuff to make you feel good and figure out how to um to be a better runner but also to deal with the the lows which I think I uh, have plenty of with running if I'm honest
0: Totally, totally. I think you just started touching on this, mean, but I was going to say, let's start by talking about the mid-pack. And yeah. is it clear to the two of you what the mid-pack is and, and if and how you belong to it?
2: Yeah, I, I'd say it It actually really gave words to, to something that I um, can't like, not normally find the language for, which is exactly that, right? Like, I'm not an absolute beginner and... I am quite competitive and I do want to challenge myself and be better and see where I can push myself to. But like, I'm not at all uh, an elite runner. I don't also have the time for that. Uh, I can't put that much pressure on myself. And so it really like resonated with me as someone who does try and push themselves and, and isn't one of these, I don't think I'm like you, Char, where I like, literally love going out running for hours on end. It's a real like love-hate relationship where I love it once it's over (laughs) and so the the book just helped me find that sweet spot but also and I'll I'll talk about these bits probably a little bit later but you know I've had loads of lows and loads of women's health moments where I've realized god that's really like affected my running and um, there was loads of bits in the book where I was like oh yeah this happened and you know it gave me words to experiences that sometimes I think I can just get in my head in my head with so yeah it really um, actually resonated with me.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh, Jack, I feel like you're probably not as much for you.
2: Um,
1: yeah, so I, I kind of wasn't entirely sure whether I was the mid-pack or not when I first picked up the book, um, and for maybe the first page or so, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe the mid-pack's more of a kind of, like I said, when I, you know, when I was initially talking about it, you know, the, the mid-pack is kind of just a beginner group. Um, and then I came to realise, no, actually, the mid-pack increases the vast majority of runners. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it, the book's, like, written well for for that purpose. Um, the, the
0: main body of the book starts with a chapter on psychology. And I'm not sure I've seen something quite like this in a running guide before. Um, did you find this section
2: useful? I did because like I definitely have like get myself into holes with um, with running like I put way too much pressure on myself because I am I do really I'm quite competitive with myself and I really like to challenge myself um, and and I can really get in my head about it um, and I can easily fall off the motivation bandwagon like, especially the bits where they talked about like perfectionism or like you know things that confident runners say like you know I will sometimes um get get myself into a point where I'm just trying to chase that pb down or just trying to like uh, break a, a figure or a number or a mileage distance because I don't know why I don't I think I've really cracked why this is in my head but I have a feeling it's like something I feel like I can control whereas lots of things in my life or in my work or whatever I feel quite overwhelmed by. So when I get to running, I'm like, this is for me. And I I've put the work in and now I can see like, you know, how I'm doing. And it's just ridiculous. Some of the things I put pressure on myself are just ridiculous. And I definitely went through a period where I was trying to be out here, beating my park run time every weekend. Right. And then if I didn't, I'd get quite down about it. Whereas actually like, Um, there's so as we were talking before we started recording um you know there's so much more to to you can't be in peak race shape all year round all the time through your period through every illness through anemia and all the other things and like and I just I'm not reasonable with myself about that stuff whereas I enjoyed the psychology section because because it was like giving me language to be like it's okay if you've missed your plan today you know I'll just forget about it and I'll make sure the next one's good rather than beating myself up all week about that. So I, I quite enjoyed it.
0: That's really good. I, you know, I, it's funny because you you sort of saying, oh, you know, family or work or other stresses are a lot. And running can be this beautiful escape. But if you're then putting all this pressure on your running, it's not that beautiful escape. It's just one one extra pressure in your life.
2: Yeah absolutely I I definitely went through a little bit of a of a period of of that and a little bit of a period of of just kind of like um wanting to con- continuously do well mm-hmm. and continuously like speed up and and there's there's a good bit in here where it's just like I think it was on page 36 where it just says relax FFS. I won't swear just in case kids are listening to it. And that's literally it. Do you know what I mean? Like it says, you know, putting yourself under constant stress and worry is going to make yourself miserable, cut yourself some slack. And I know that these things are, are basic. I know they're really basic. They're the sort of advice I'd give to, to anyone at work or another runner, but I definitely find it hard to, to give it to myself Um, and so it's just nice to like, I I agree with you, I think I'll probably dip back in and out of the book every now and then when I'm, well, at at all different stages just to remind myself about some of these quite, even though they're quite basic, just everyday ideas.
0: Definitely. Jack, what did you make of this chapter?
1: I thought the psychology chapter was probably for me one of the most important things to to have included and made it kind of unique as you say it's not something you'd ne- necessarily find in a running book and probably was why I felt like it would have been really helpful for me when I first started running because I feel like running is is in itself kind of quite unique as a sport in that it it can be great it can be this amazing escape like like Amy was saying you know from your life but it, it also lends itself to you know kind of addictive behaviors it can do you know sort of obsesses obsessive routines obsessive with numbers and you know timings and because it it can be quite lonely and um you know it it affects your it, it, it can shift your body your body shape and things like that and there was the important bit about you know body dysmorphia and things and i think when i first started running i i did run alone a lot and i didn't kind of I didn't have a mid-pack you know sort of to to share my experiences with so it became very much something I did in my head quite obsessively Um, and I think to have just had a book like this that was sort of gently giving me little little nods to maybe my habits weren't that healthy you know maybe it was okay to go a bit easier on myself. I think I would have taken that on board then, um, and I think it's great that it, it it encourages people to keep an eye on on those sorts of those sorts of mindsets. I think I think it's really useful.
0: Definitely, uh, I think for me the most important message is introduced, like the most important message of this book is introduced here, and then it's kind of laboured throughout the book, and that's around process and joy. And so on page thirty six, it actually says seeking joy in the process of running rather than always looking for outcome can make you happier and more content with your running even when it's not what you planned and i think that's such an important message um that if as long as you're enjoying it it, it doesn't matter really if you're making arbitrary numbers um yeah. and I, I think that they really unpack that throughout the book um so also in this chapter and this is definitely the first time i've seen this in in a book they talk about social media pressures what do you think about that
2: yeah so so I I um, follow a lot of runners just for just for motivation really and and I have a have a coach and so through you know your coaching um community you end up meeting lots of different people and um I, I definitely agree that social I don't personally feel social media puts pressure on me I try to use social media just in a way to like um, without sounding trite just to inspire others or just be like you know um, you, you, you look, look the kids are doing it or you can go to parkrun or, or whatever but I know I follow a lot of people who've had like significant health challenges mental health challenges and quite a few women who've had like their periods stop and things like that because of um, the I think it's called reds and um, and so I, I definitely agree that social media Uh, can be both a force for good but also just a real challenge in this and there's so much kind of influencer culture and and where people are trying to put on a certain kind of constant high about running and how they're performing and and you're starting to see a little bit now people being a bit more honest but I do think that Instagram particularly can can be challenging and I guess if you use it in the wrong way even things like Strava can re can be really really problematic I have to say of all the things that affect me this is not the probably the one that I'm affected by most because I only ever really see myself in competition with myself um or trying to improve on my own own experiences but I've certainly seen a lot through through socials
0: definitely um something that Angie mentioned when I I interviewed her and Martin um I, I don't think I actually made it into the interview and um, that's available now on the bookhounds website for bookhounds members. Um, she talked about how she'd just been on on Instagram and she'd seen um some someone who'd posted this selfie, and the caption was um, post run. Um, and Angie described this woman in in this photo as having um, like uh how did she describe it like going out makeup she said she looked better than me on my wedding day (laughs) it's like no you haven't just got back from a run and you look Mm -hmm. like that so i think there is something here around um, image and um which i find quite bizarre because i just get really red-faced and sweaty when i'm running and there's just Mm -hmm. no pretending that but that's okay for me that's part of it um, but I guess other people could find this sort of intense pressure that you have to look a certain way as a runner, um, which, yeah, it's obviously not healthy. Jack, what do you think about this bit?
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't sort of thought about um, the sort of contrast with like what Emmy was saying about, um, you know, a more sort of honest depiction of your running experience um, and sort of the, the full grittiness of it when it gets when it gets really kind of down and down and dirty (laughs) um but like I would definitely be more inclined to to keep following people who give their full that you know the full roundedness of their experience but I do find myself sometimes say I'm injured or something and I have felt almost embarrassed about it in the past that I'll I'll unfollow certain uh, you know certain runners or certain athletes that that i tend to use for for inspiration because they look good in a certain picture or because they get really good times and I can't I felt bad that I I can't actually bear to see that when I'm not able to to run myself Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of something I've generally kept to myself and when I saw it that it was actually a recommendation that if it doesn't feel good for you don't just don't don't look at them that was actually quite that was actually quite reassuring and I think it's a good a good thing to know in this in this day and age when we're all so kind of tied into social media so much of the time
0: I think uh, with Strava I love Strava absolutely love it but I definitely do still find myself occasionally on a run especially like today I've been out for this sort of recovery run that is it's slower than my usual pace and that was sort of part of me thinking oh but people are going to look at how slow I was running on Strava. People are going to look at my splits. And to be honest, no one gives a crap. Um, so I don't really know what, uh, why we put this pressure on ourselves. Um, if you can't cope with having different stats out in the public, then I guess probably just make your, your Strava private um, and then you can just just enjoy it for, for the, the benefits rather than the negatives.
2: Um, yeah, but I, I definitely find myself doing that. Like yeah. I'll, lab- I'll label it recovery run or... Yeah. I'll like write a note to say how tired I was and I think it is that kind of like there is there is quite a lot of a lot of pressure in that but I I think it's similar in the cycling community I I often find it like um there's just it depends what circle of people you're in right like there are there are just groups of people that will make you feel crap for being like the slowest person on the on the hill on a bike or or, or talk like, you know, overly confidently about how how easy things should feel. And maybe that's stuff playing out in them um, uh, as well. But mm-hmm. but like, I, I definitely think since Couch to 5K, since Parkrun, since there's also a lot of people who are just sharing their experiences from the opposite perspective as well, I think things have got, got a lot better, if that makes sense. So for me, I just try and contribute towards that in all the different stories that that I know and um, because yeah absolutely if you just follow the kind of influencer running crowd you can just end up feeling completely awful and loose perspective about what it's what it's really about which I think is the joy the exercise the outdoors the community the the, the things that you know whatever reasons you're doing it for yourself so I think while social media can be really challenging it can also be a super duper like force for good and and i do still believe about you know trying to be part of that force for good as as much as possible
0: definitely i couldn't agree more you know even just in the in the few months since we started book hounds um have connected to some really interesting and, and lovely people on social media so there's there's definitely good to be had there it's it's always about how you use it and making sure that you you do things that uh, give you life rather than take it away which is uh, what we should be practicing every day anyway um so the book suggests that when we're in a training cycle i thought this was quite funny so when we're in a training cycle we should ask ourselves before every workout how is this run making me a better runner and contributing towards where i want my running to go <laughs> um yeah him he's laughing um jack do you approach your sessions like this or do you start approaching your sessions like this after reading this book
2: Ooh.
1: I do kind of look at each run as how it's sort of complementing the the runs that I've done that week. Um, but I, you know, and and which runs I'm like what sort of length and you know intensity runs I'm likely to do in the in my following sessions. But I feel like there's a bigger they're referring to sort of a, a broader scope than that. Um, no, I think I I am a little bit like. Oh, I need to do a really fast run like right now, and I'll just go out and do it. I'm almost quite an impulsive runner really, um, and I do think yeah i should I should start, especially as I get older, should start looking at the the bigger picture really, and like what my body needs for longevity um, rather than just what my brain needs right now um, yeah and, and how you know how long I want to be sort of competing for and what what goals I want to set myself as I say, in the longer term. So, yeah, it's definitely something worth worth thinking about. I, I think I'll, I'll struggle to, to think about it with that sort of degree of, of intensity every time I go out. But it, it's a good perspective to have, I think, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I think um, obviously this last year has been such a bizarre year. Um, and I've really just plodded the whole year because running's been this lovely escape from everything else that's going on in the world. And I've just wanted to go out and just run and just be out. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, what we just said, and thank you even for talking about my amazing PB that I set yesterday, <laughs> um, but it's just interesting to me because I've got a coach for the first time now, um, shout out to Toby from Queer Runnings, um, and I've only been working with him for three weeks, but I've already seen like this massive shift because my week is more structured, and I don't just go out for a plod, and I don't just be like, oh, I've got half an hour, I'll go out for 5k, like all of the, the planning it makes sense and I feel really silly because I actually have a coaching qualification myself but it's different when someone else is telling you what to do rather than when you're telling yourself what to do I think yeah.
2: um, what do you make of this in me well okay right I'm, I'm gonna go back a second and just be like even just the idea of being in a training cycle is yeah. like I'm just gonna go back a second just make sure that if you're listening to this for most of my running what what, I don't even know what to call it career for most of my life just getting out for a run more than once or twice a week was really like the source of of like what I saw as success like how do I consistently get out and go running right and um and then I had like these little peak moments I remember getting a personal trainer who got me really fit and um got to like a 25-minute park run and literally thought I was like a complete hero and then completely lost it, Um all fitness. Turned out I realized I had a type of really quite severe anemia. So I had to build myself back up from then. Then like Shah, got a coach. Those first few months with the, my coaches were like incredible. Um Like was just smashing it, got down to like 23 minutes and I was like, oh my God, I'm really like, that's it. This is my time. Um, I stuck to plan. Um, and then I think maybe COVID or long COVID or something like that happened, I lost it all again. And this this time round, in my third, like climbing my way back up, I feel like I really now have respect for that, for that process, right? Which is you can't be at race pace all the time. Like consistency really matters. And and I guess. I don't, I still don't really think of myself in a training cycle. I try not to think about any of those things at all, because I think maybe I'm so overloaded at work. I just leave that to my coaches and I kind of generally tell them where I'd love to be by when. And obviously COVID has has messed that up a lot, but now I definitely think I think about that, that, okay, a recovery run, a tempo run, Mm. maybe, maybe another recovery or, or maybe, um, uh, a you know an easy run and then the long run and really thinking about then when it when I want to ramp it up in order to achieve something Mm -hmm. rather than trying to just constantly beast my body so I kind of want to say yeah it does resonate with me but just like for 15 years or so the idea of being in a training cycle would just be laughable to me Um, And make me feel like really inadequate inadequate and be like, I'm not a runner. I'm just trying to get out and like get moving and try and keep running for 30 minutes or so. But I think a couple of those massive hitting a peak or, you know, suddenly getting results that I'd never expected. And then being smashed back down to earth Mm. with a dose of humility. Now I can say, yeah, I really respect what it's about and how I should try and structure my week definitely don't think I'm as as far as like thinking what is this run going to contribute sometimes I'm just like thanking thanking like my legs and thanking god that I'm even just got up off my desk and I'm out um other times I really am focused and feeling good about it but yeah I'm, I'm not like I'm definitely not uh completely motivated and consistent and thinking in training cycles all the time sometimes I'm just literally trying to stay stay um on plan or not let it completely fall apart
0: i think that's okay too let's <laughs> let's go back to that thing about finding joy in our running uh, we don't <laughs> obsess over the plan um so obviously um um so the book suggests that at the end of a running year or a season or after a big race you should take some time to reflect on the process and what worked and what didn't um just a question to both of you then, what, what's one of the biggest learnings that you've taken forward after reflecting on a race or a training period?
2: Consistency. Yes. It, it, it's all, and, and so many of the analogies the book talks about, and you've talked about in terms of joy in the process, consistency, like, you know, you can't peak all the time are definitely analogies that um, like I use in my, in my work all the time but um, about, you know, how you keep going over the long run in, in work that is with so many people and humans in such difficult times. Um, but, like, yeah, I think consistency is always the, the biggest one um, for me, where I've managed to not be, too, like, not be perfect in everything, but where I've done a training block, stayed consistent, I've listened to my coach, rested at the right times, and I've tried to get my food and hydration better, most of the time, results in like a much better um, race performance or you know, PB day. So, I do reflect on it. I don't think I do it methodically, I'm not really a journaler and stuff like that. But, but this is probably one of the reasons why coach suits me because I just kind of offload all the thinking to them. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. uh, yeah,
0: Jack, any reflections from you? Um, I
1: think I feel like when i into a race to train for a race I, I do tend to be quite kind of right I'm doing this thing and I do train quite hard and I've, I've got quite a kind of a schedule in my head um so I don't know if it's necessarily consistency for me I think maybe more variety I think I, I and this is something I don't know I don't remember the books sort of being so specific about how you'd structure your week and I would have liked to see maybe that a little bit more. Um, but things like sort of you know tempo runs and um, you know longer runs, Bartlett runs maybe. Um, I think I, I've often looked back and thought, well, I did a lot of you know long runs in preparation for that marathon, and I did a lot of kind of you know solid ten Ks. But things like yeah, variety, sort of interval style training, and definitely more stretching. <laughs>
0: More stretching, more foam roller in. A big one for me when I think about racing. And I, I wish I would say that I learn. Maybe I'm learning slightly, but um always, always, and they mention this in the book, I go off too quickly. I just get so excited. I always hit those first kilometers too fast. Um, and just You're like a puppy. I'm I am like a puppy, all right, Jack. Yeah but uh, i really hope that um this year if we get some races in i, I will learn from those past mistakes um yeah.
2: yeah i mean i'm i me and my brother have an ongoing laugh at each other's first kilometer on park run always totally. and like and i don't th- I, you know what i literally don't learn every single time i'll get to the one kilometer like moment where my watch beeps and i'm like oh my God, I'm going to be able to keep this up. This is amazing. And then like literally two minutes later, I'm like, no, no, I'm not. No way. Don't be such an idiot. And um, I've always got this ridiculously fast. And I, my home park run has a downhill on the first stretch as well. So it's even oh, okay. and, uh, so like, that.
0: <laughs> All right. So there's a useful chapter on nutrition in this book. And I think all of us um, on this pod, we're primarily plant-based diets. Um, did this chapter still work for you and bonus question what's your favorite thing to eat during and after a big session or race
1: I I didn't feel like they do give a nod to plant-based diets in the form of nuts and beans yeah <laughs> nuts and beans um, nuts and beans it can't be there's nuts and beans but and I guess it's just because they, they themselves I'm guessing aren't aren't plant-based um that one of the phrases that got to me a little bit was you can't go wrong with dairy products. Mm. Like, you can definitely go wrong with dairy products. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah you definitely
2: can. You definitely
1: yeah. can Yeah I I just like really my my running, my enjoyment of running has shifted so much since I since I went vegan. I'm not gonna make this a big rant about how everyone should go vegan um even though they should. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just thought like I I wouldn't have I wouldn't fuel a run on on nuts and beans like I I've got so much more variety that <laughs> that I could kind of dip into um to uh, you know in a sort of um, pre race meal for instance. Wait,
0: like, wait, go on then. That's the bonus question. What's your favourite oh, thing to okay. eat during and during?
1: after? Yeah.
0: Um, if it's not nuts and I beans. Don't have do you? as exciting
1: answers as you do, Sha. You love all my food, don't you? I love your food. Yeah, I just want to dip into all that pureed mash, cold mashed um, potato. I'm I'm more of a um, kind of I'll have a a flapjack in my in my running bag or um I I, I do I think that's something I need to work on a bit because I I go for like the sort of the chewy the chewy sweet things um the the running specific chewy sweet things not just like gummy bears. Um, but I'd, I'd need something, I think I need to work on sort of more savoury things. When we did that ultra marathon, I managed, um, you know, I managed a, a peanut butter sandwich. Um, I thought it wasn't about the nuts and beans, Jack, apparently. Yeah, I know, I was thinking that. <laughs> I think I, it was half peanut butter and it was half some kind of chocolate spread. Imi, <laughs> what did you make of this chapter?
2: Well, yeah, look, I this chapter was the one that probably worked for me least. Because yeah, I'm yeah. just a bit like even if you're not a vegetarian or plant-based or vegan or whatever combination, like it's still a book published in 2021, right? Like you don't just have to write about things that you just do or don't. And so I thought it was a bit short-sighted really. And I'm definitely not here to, you know, be um, sort of evangelizing about what people need to do, even though I do think we need to consume less meat but I just thought the, that chapter didn't really have the range. Not really. Like it, it was, it said, you know, like, like um, Jack said, it was just a lot about dairy and, and all of that. And I just thought that it could have been a bit broader and in, instead of just having nuts and beans, it could have actually properly had like a couple of, a couple of paragraphs or a section um, on plant-based diets and actually um lifted them up as good equal if not in in our in my opinion better but you know not just like a couple of lines in the chapter so that's probably was probably my low point in the book um I don't think I do like um and there were some nice bits in it like it wasn't like it was terrible I just didn't think it was it really um it really went into into that enough I also don't like it talked a bit about supplements but in a way I think um it it should have maybe talked about that a bit more um, in a bit more of a focused way, because I really suffered in my health when I became anemic and it took ages for me to discover that I had like really bad, dangerously low iron levels. So I think it just wasn't sort of written from a perspective of, of what I see so many um, runners and stuff on Instagram and that like actually talk about the challenges that they have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just didn't have the range around veggie and vegan diets um But yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I, I don't think I run like you guys. Like ultra running just isn't, isn't my, it's just not something I want to do. <laughs> That's okay. So, so um, and like, mar- like marathons haven't really like uh, the, the the time I did the London Marathon was definitely one of my like most miserable training periods. I don't have the same feelings about them I think as as a lot of people do. Um. But um, so I mainly like 5Ks, 10Ks, and then if I, can, if I can push myself, get to a good half marathon. So I don't really have to have like um, f- food and fueling in the same way. Um, but I do, um, I, I've been having these Revies energy strips, which are just ridiculous. They literally <laughs> dissolve on your tongue, and within five minutes, it's like Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> type, type boost. And I, I've been enjoying those, and they don't make me feel sick. Um, I can munch on like, you know, half a banana or something like that, but I don't necessarily have the exotic, uh, uh, food game that, that you guys do. You mean the cold mashed potatoes? Well, yeah, miss, you know what, in the middle of an ultra marathon that is pretty exotic to be honest. <laughs> it works for me. I have a little bit of garlic in it. <laughs> what is so, it? So everyone stays away from you yes. as well? You're right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not a big fan of like gels and stuff, so I, I tend to to eat real food. So um, I do do nuts and probably not beans, but I do do nuts during the, <laughs> during the run. Um, uh, banana chips, all kinds of dried fruit, um, mm. and then uh, oat cakes and cold mashed potatoes because I like some savoury too. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me. Um, so obviously this book was planned in a pre-COVID world. Um, and the format is such that it kind of builds up to race day Um, and so given we haven't been able to race for a year now which is very sad um how do you think you'll take the advice of this book on board
2: well yeah I I definitely think um I definitely think that that the the covid has reminded me about you, you can't peak all the time um and so keeping a fairly good baseline fitness that then I can like build on and add that extra, you know, threshold or tempo run, or add the extra sessions in every week to start ramping up um, is a good reminder. Um, And I think I've had enough experiences now as well with that, that you know, it just, it just needs to be um, consistent and you can't push your body to its maximum all the time. But I guess I'll also like um there was a nice bit at the end where they talk about running um as a safe, trusted, certain, secure, happy, exciting, challenging, yada yada, amazing, joyful. Uh, it was just beautiful words. And I think COVID has like the outdoors has been a saviour during this last year, and running when you're not training for anything or in any training cycle and still keeping going has made me find a love for it beyond, you know, setting a PB on a Saturday or training towards a race so I think this would be a great way to get my head back in the game when it's the the right time the other thing I would say is I really found this book helpful in the sense that my friends ask me a lot of stuff um or people getting into running ask me a lot of stuff that I guess I just give ad hoc advice to and this book feels digestible just to suggest to anyone and be like well you can you know read more about it there sort of thing the next thing you can give someone after they've been doing part run for a while or have done the couch to 5k but yeah I think it, it will definitely help to ramp up but I'm trying not to get too excited I don't want to like peak and then we're in sort of lockdown four or something so I'm just going to wait and and when the right moment comes start to use some of the ideas to get back into sort of some sort of race shape
0: that sounds very wise um Jack what do you reckon
1: um well I think one of the sections that really sort of hit me in the face um, was the, the bit about like solid rest
2: so mm-hmm.
1: I, <laughs> I read it and I turned to my partner and I was like I literally don't remember this is going to sound very martyred I don't remember the last day that I actually had a rest day like if I'm not running I'll do a workout on that day because I, I just consider that active rest so I and when they talk about rest, it's like, you know, you're solidly incorporating that into your training program as just like just do nothing, you know, just just absolutely chill. Like, don't make it an active rest day. Just really let your body recover. And and I just I don't do that. And I don't really remember the last time I did. And I think Covid has hasn't helped with that, really, because I was furloughed for a lot of it. Um, and I felt like I needed to be. You know, I needed to be sort of earning something you're like you're just a sort of a sense of purpose was really important um, and that kind of helped me to see that actually rest has a I mean on you know rationally obviously like rest does have a purpose it's very important your body's you know only only human <laughs> um, but um, yeah yeah definitely take that take that more seriously and see it as an investment rather than just
0: yeah you know, it, out <laughs> exactly it's more than that jack the the rest and recovery isn't just letting yourself have a break it's actually when your body gets stronger
1: yeah
0: so, yeah yeah and i, I agree I'm, I'm not that good at this and it's something that um I found really interesting in a, a great book um by adharanda and finn called running with the kenyans it's a bit of a classic um so he goes out and trains with the Kenyans and they get up in the morning and they go for a big run and then that's it and sometimes they go out in the evening but they'll really rest and by rest they'll they'll sleep they'll watch telly they'll play computer games whereas I'm like oh yeah it's a rest day I'll go for a three-hour hike
1: yeah
0: that's not a rest day
1: Well, Um, also like when you work on your feet it's kind of hard you get used to like rest is oh well I'll just it's only a seven and a half hour shift where I'm on my feet all day like that's nothing you know it's it's kind of you do get it's easier if you've got all the time and all you're thinking about is your training but I think with a lot of this it's like yeah even just incorporating a solid training program in you know and trying to get a bit of variety it's like how do you do also people do have to go back to work at some point or you know if they're not working already um it's trying to it's trying to get the balance as well isn't it and like around around that schedule. Definitely. So Imi based on what you just said, do you have any races
0: booked or are you just holding off for now?
2: Oh no, I'm I'm holding off for now because I just um I just don't I don't want to have that like peak and disappointment. I'm just holding off. I'm I'm gonna in, I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna take some of the lessons from the book. I'm gonna enjoy hopefully my nieces and nephews being back at junior part run. I'm gonna hopefully enjoy being at part run with my family. And then I'll start to think about some races and, um, and I also, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like going to just overnight be back with hundreds of people racing and doing all that. I think my brain's going to need a bit of transition back into, into that sort of busy world and big crowds yeah, and, and, it, and all of that sort of stuff. So I think I'll start gently with Junior Park I
0: think that sounds like a good plan. It is a bit of a weird one. Jack and I are both uh, booked on for um, a trail half marathon in the Lake District at the end of oh, May. Wow! And it looks like it probably is going to happen as long as yeah. things go according to plan. Uh, but I feel like uh, starting with a, a trail race rather than a road race is, yeah. is a bit um, less likely to be. Oh my God! I'm in this huge crowd. Um, all being well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's something about. Um, trail races that just have a completely different vibe as well and I think I always say to myself as well when I'm finally not putting as much pressure on myself um I you know trail races is what I just really enjoy but the road just gives me that that like fix that I need (laughs) and so I always just end up um going for road races mainly so hopefully maybe one of my my hopes and targets for the next year out of covid will be just doing more races for the fun of it in the in beautiful scenery in 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 the trails and and not just pounding it on the road
0: for the joy of it yeah i love that okay so just last question just a, a quick answer to this one then what's your overall takeaway from this book and would you recommend it to a running buddy
1: sort of you know chill out a bit and enjoy, enjoy running and i I suppose the takeaway that you're supposed to take away is is trust the process and that is that in 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 some form or another till out and trust the process (laughs) totally
2: yeah um mine there's a there's a sentence on um on i think page 74 it says gaining some perspective over why you want to run or why you even started is really helpful and then they put like in italic it really is just running and it's like you know i that's my takeaway i want to i want to be consistent and i want to love it uh, or I'll be glad that i'm doing it rather than always punishing myself but absolutely would recommend it to a friend because um, it's just got even though it's got a few bits that are a bit like thin in terms of thinking like the the nutrition bit it's full of so many good things and like you know i I don't know if you guys remember but when I first started to get into it a bit more I didn't even know what tempo and threshold and things like that meant and I just like that they've spelled it out really easily so you can get over the kind of shame or embarrassment of not knowing um in, in quite an accessible book so I would definitely recommend
0: yeah 100% I, I think my overall takeaway is the sort of notion that you can always keep learning and you can always just keep reminding yourself um and actually I, I don't think I've worked as hard as I, I could do or I should do. Um, so I'm gonna work harder at my running, but I'm not gonna work so hard that it, it becomes less of a joy. Um, it's gotta be hard work, but joyful hard work, if, that's, uh, if that makes any sense. That's, that's my takeaway. All right. Well, thank you so much to our special guest, Imi Kaur, uh, and of course to SoundHound Jack for being here. Um, we have loved having you with us this month, Imi. Um, and for all those great insights and i can't wait to hear
2: how you get on with parkrun thank you so much yeah i'll i'll make sure i let i let you guys know whether i managed to hit my PB or not yeah. on the first week. <laughs> we'll be following you on strava but no pressure <laughs> yeah the whole country the whole of the book club's going to be following you and me but no pressure <laughs> that's
0: right, that's right. You, you'll get my kudos whatever your splits are
2: oh thanks char no, all right
0: um all right so um please do check out bookhounds.club and we're on all the social medias um instagram well not all of them there's some new ones i've been learning about new ones recently i'm feeling very old uh, but we're on instagram at bookhounds.club on facebook bookhounds.club and twitter uh bookhoundsclub without the dot uh if you enjoyed this podcast please do like and subscribe to it comment share it with your friends uh tell everybody all about it uh, and get involved We'd love to hear your thoughts on running uh, in the mid-pack or any of the running books that you love and would like to hear us chat about to send your thoughts our way. So thanks very much. Um, Say say goodbye, Emi. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye, Jack. Bye. Um, Bye from me, and we'll see you next month. Thanks a lot.